What's up? Jackson pooped in the pool. Ooh. Which pool? You don't have a pool. I don't have a pool. He didn't poop in the pool. He just pooped while we were swimming. We went to a friend's house to celebrate his birthday. Uh, we had cookie cake and ice cream. Not ice cream. We had cookie cake with candles in it. That's how we celebrated. That's all we did. We didn't yeah. get presents. Weeks. <laughs> Anyways, we gave him a present the day before. Anyways, not the point in the story. But she has a pool. And we went to their house. And he's been constipated recently. Mm-hmm. And so we gave him laxatives. And then as well as drinking all the pee water, <laughs> it was the grossest thing ever. Of course, of course. Like The ever. more chlorine you smell, the more urine's in the pool. Really? Yeah, that's the sign. Oh, man. I don't know if I believe that because we would walk into the pool and that must not be the truth for indoor pools. Because when I was diving, I would smell the chlorine. When you walk into the pool, you smell chlorine. And oh, no. College kids aren't peeing. That's the truth. Oh, they're peeing. I never did, and I'm a peer. I pooped in the ocean before. <laughs> Patty, I'm just, there's, watch a video. The more you smell chlorine, the more urine's in the pool. Oh. Well, her pearl didn't smell like urine, so that's good. Okay. Or like chlorine. Anyways, it was gross. Mm. It was so gross. And he's so big now that all the bathing suits we had didn't really fit. It was gross, Heather. Mm-hmm. So he's gotten so big that his pants... Like his swim trunks don't fit him anymore. And it took everything to get them off and trying not to get poop everywhere. I don't know if I should even be telling the story because my friend Kate, who's the pool we went to. Yeah. I was like, um, is there Clorox wipes I can use? <laughs> it literally, and I, I tried to put it down and then all the poop smeared all over like the the tub, not the tub, uh, <laughs> the bathroom toilet. It was Aww. just like, it was all over him. And then he itched, and I was like, it's on your hand. Like, it was, like, ridiculous how much poop got everywhere. And it was just the right consistency of, like, water and Oh, no. Like, it was just so horrible. It was so horrible. It was, I was like, really? Like, really? I I think it's funny that Jackson literally dropped the kids off at the pool. Yes, and he has a lot of kids. He has a lot of kids. It was just gross. I ended up, I mean, I asked for Clorox wipes. I cleaned everything up. I like yeah. 409 the tub because we like rinsed his poop pants yeah. like <laughs> in the tub. And I was like, I can't. I, oh, it was just, I I mean, I cleaned it up well. But I, then I left a snail trail <laughs> in the toilet. And I was like, I'm sorry, Kate. I apologize. It was just horrendous. It was so gross and so everywhere. <laughs> And then he was like, swim again? Swim again? I'm like, you have poop everywhere. <laughs> Can we focus on one thing at a time? Uh, but, but why do kids always choose like the most inopportune time? I'm going to guess like, if oh. you said he was constipated, that the action of being in the pool actually moved it down. Like it, it oh, forced it he out. Was, he yeah. probably, and he, we haven't been like doubling his laxatives, but we've definitely been yeah. like making sure to give it to him and giving him a little bit more. Not yeah. Like, because that guy has bad pooping problems anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the movement with it all. And then he swallowed tons of chlorine water because, <laughs> hello. He was really cute, though. He loves swimming. And they Aww. have a diving board. And he never, like, jumped off the diving board. He did towards the end. He would just jump until he fell. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fun. It That's was adorable. really fun being there. Yeah. I also felt really comfortable there. Mm-hmm. You know, my one of my best friends, Jenny, is actually leaving the country. And she's the one house that I, when I, I the one house I felt 
comfortable and safe mm-hmm. in having yeah. my kids be there. Like if he broke anything, it wouldn't matter. And I truly yeah. genuinely believe she doesn't care. Like she has three kids and they all have their own issues and they're all doing great and you know. Yeah. But she truly gets my family and mm-hmm. loves my family unconditionally. And so I mean, Rob does too. But it's like I never feel any judgment there. Yeah. And they so I don't have to feel like I'm on edge of like, don't break that, don't break this, don't break that. And there it was nice because we were outside in the pool and Kate's the same way. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. I'm like, uh, I'm going to worry about it. There's poop all <laughs> over your toilets. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, don't worry about it. Clean up the p- big poop in my kid mess. Like, it was gross. Oh. It was so gross. Ugh. They always, uh, poop happens. You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. It's that time of year again. Oh, I love this time of year. It's one of my favorite. Kids are back in school and we're back at the Burbank Comedy Festival. That's like my week of fun. Is it? Yeah. I feel like a college kid, like a frat party on spring break. <laughs> Although I don't drink and I don't stay out late. I'm just not with my kids <laughs> for like a week. This year's going to be a lot less of me going to so many panels. Yeah, there's full days and I'm not going to be there at all. Yeah. Um, last year we had like get our money's worth okay. we're like at every single thing did you like read everything. that email where it said there were two women last year who did 16 panels and workshops over the entire week and i was like that's i us. think that's patty and me i did not I read think, that email. yeah i was like i i should confirm but i was i went back and i was like counting in my head i'm like i think that's us <laughs> we did everything we did we booked our entire day and it was very informational for being new comics yeah. i would recommend it like i learned so much. Yeah, definitely agree. And not that I am like the best now or an expert at anything, but it took a toll on my family and it took a toll on me. Yeah. And a lot of it's the same information. So not that I, it wouldn't be good for me to hear it again. I'm just the cost of me being away from my family and the cost it's of me. High. And I'm working now. So it's like the cost of me not going yeah. to work. It is an actual financial cost. Cost. So I'm not doing nearly as much. No, I'm, I'm picking and choosing. There were a few that I... I didn't enjoy the panels last year, so I definitely am not doing them again this year. I think I'm only doing one panel. One panel? I'm doing the voiceover casting mm-hmm. panel. It's a panel I'm doing. Yeah. I, I'm doing everything voiceover this year. Oh, that's good. Good. So Monday, they have yeah. a lot. It's really heavy on Monday. I'm mm-hmm. doing tons of voiceover on Monday. And then that's really it. Mm. Like there's a couple things here and there, but none of them are full days. Yeah. I think I have two full days. And... Uh, they have two full days and then I'm there for like the morning but I'm not taking anything in the evening so I can go home and be with the kids in the evening like I can just oh, go to panels wise. during while they're do your school. kids start school before or after two of them start before oh same all mine start after oh gotcha yeah only only Bella starts after so that's kind of nice there and then I don't have as much pressure on me this year about like getting best of the fest because I'm like if I got it I couldn't do it it's on my son's birthday and I'm not gonna I'm, Leave him. I'm putting a lot of stress on getting best of the fest again. Because I did it last that. year and I was so proud of myself and I really want to get it again this year. But my set's not coming along. Even though it's a set I want to do, mm-hmm. it's just not coming along. I need to have some kind of breakthrough in it of like not caring. Yeah. So that it lands even better. It either lands really racist and no one wants to laugh because everyone's <laughs> scared to laugh or it lands amazing. Yeah. So I got to figure that out a little bit more. But I have one full day with all the voiceover, and then I think I'm not taking off work, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, because I won't lose money. 
and I'm coming after work both those days. So I'll have stuff in the evening those day. And then I'm not doing anything Wednesday, but I had the show that Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a lot of half days. And then yeah. I don't think I'm doing anything on Friday. You don't have a show on Friday? Oh, I have a show on Friday. <laughs> oh, so I guess I'll be here every day but for Saturday, <laughs> which hopefully I get best of the fest. Gotcha. Never mind. I'm going to be there every single day this this year, but yeah. not from morning to desk. Yeah. That's I was hard. say the best part about last year was that I met a bunch of comics that I've kept in touch with and who've done my show and I've been able to work with them. And that's been really nice. It's been really nice to just sort of see these people progress throughout the entire year and sort of the relationship with them through the year. That is cool. I'll be looking forward to seeing some some people again. Yeah. I kept saying I need to get business cards made and I just realized it's Sunday. Yeah. And I haven't gotten a business <laughs> card. I probably should do that. And we need to get Mother Effin ones. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get those in time. <laughs> I'm going to have to have Chris just do it from Staples and get it done. Okay. I'll put Chris on that. I don't want to see this, this year writing like your name on a little piece of paper. I like you did last year. Year. <laughs> I think I should be a little more professional. We'll see. I don't know. I don't even know what my Instagram handles are or anything. I'm so bad. It's at the real Patty, Patty Crouch. That's your Instagram. Okay. What's I'm my glad t- I know it for you. Thanks. Can I text you so you can give it to me later? <laughs> I'm horrible at these things, but it's gonna be it's gonna be less stress, but things gonna be really good. Yeah, I think it'd be so. great. It'd be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I don't know. I had this idea to do three different sets, and two of them are not bad. Two of them are good. One is my mom set about my mom, and then the other one is about my kids. The kids stuff is great. Yeah, for sure. And if I decide Your to mom do mom stuff, is great too. It is. It still just needs a little bit more work. It's still a little weak at the very end. Uh, but if I combine the two of them and take the best out of both of those, I've got a solid five, which is where I may end up falling. It's just doing that stuff. The set that Bobby, he's just, he's kind of cringing. But I I like where it's going is my industry set mm. where I... Talk about your manager you've never seen. Yes, I do that. I talk about going on auditions. I talk about all the crazy things I'm doing to stay looking young. Why does he cringe? Because of the opening to it. What's the opening? I start off talking about how much I don't like Tom Hanks. Oh, I haven't heard this one at all. No, it's new. And Paul Moonjean was like giving me some tips on it about what to do to make it a little bit stronger. But Bobby's like, I think you're just going to divide the room. I think you're not even going to divide the room. I think people are like, how can you be so upset about Tom Hanks? I know. Tom Hanks is one of those like American people. He just Look, I don't hate Tom Hanks as a person. I just think he has a very limited acting range and I get annoyed watching him take my childhood heroes and destroy them. That's all. That's all. <laughs> just a little thing. I mean, he was okay as Walt Disney. I was like, he's passable. He's probably, what, when I thought what, about it. The, what movie did he play Walt Disney in? Uh, Saving Mr. Banks. And I sat there oh, and I, I went. That was him? Yeah. And I, I, I went there and I, and I went through my brain and I was like, he's acting like Tom Hanks, kind of trying to do a Midwestern accent for Disney. It's not great. But visually, he probably is the best actor for the role. He kind of gives off that same vibe. And I was like, all right, it's fine. It's this A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood movie that has sent me into a rage. And really, I had no rage towards Tom Hanks. Until this. Until this movie came out, where he's playing my beloved Mr. Rogers. Just don't go see it. I can't handle it. I can't. No, because everybody's going to be like, Academy Award of Tom Hanks. Again, third Academy Award for his stupid Mr. Benjamin. No, don't do it. 
I'm so angry at this. He doesn't look anything like him. He look. I said Tom Hanks looks like he has deep fake. Do you know what deep fake is? So deep fake is when they can take a person's face and put it on another person's body, and it looks really good. Like it, it legitimately looks like that person on that body now. Like it's crazy. And I said. Mr. Rogers looks like they deep faked young Tom Hanks onto an old Tom Hanks body. His face is not right. You look at Colin Hanks, his son. His son looks older than him facially. Tom Hanks just has like the gray hair and the wrinkled neck. But the face is still smooth. Is It doesn't look right. He doesn't give off the right Mr. Rogers vibe. He gives off the vibes of a creepy uncle, but not like the creepy uncle that you can still love. Like the one you need to avoid. And I don't like it. And I'm really mad about it. I can tell. Um, Why? Why did they do this? I I love Mr. Rogers. I think Mr. Rogers is the epitome of everything beautiful and good. And oh, he is. And he talks about things that we talk about with our kids. But just like, because someone plays him doesn't change who Mr. Rogers yes, is. Yes, it does. Because no, there are kids doesn't. who are going to go to this and think, oh, that's Mr. Rogers. What a weirdo. What a creep. And they're not going to understand the beautiful person that fred rogers really was in five years none of these kids are gonna care this is the problem mr rogers needs a renaissance like bob ross oh that's the thing you know who he's gonna play next you know he's gonna ruin next tom hanks is gonna ruin bob ross and then jim henson he's just gonna go through the list and play every american hero that we love that epitomized wonder and creativity and caring and he's gonna ruin them all ruin them all Wow. Yeah, I'm not, I'm a little upset. Tell us how you really feel. I don't mind Tom Hanks. I really, first of all, I hate Forrest Gump. So, I mean, that is a thing. What? Mm, Patty. Sometimes I don't think you're human. I read the book and the book is so bad. There's a book? It's terrible. And the book is so bad. The book is terrible. The book is terrible and it made me hate the movie. Like the book is so bad. I was like, who picked this up? And I was like, what a great idea. Let's make it a movie. Yeah. And it's, oh. The book is terrible. But it's a good movie. It talks about like a... It's not a good movie. It's not. He's a horrible... He's No. He should have walked into traffic and got hit when (gasps) he was a little boy. That's how dumb he is. You just basically said Jackson should. No, I didn't. Jackson had loving parents who put him through occupational therapy. What did Forrest Gump had? He had a a mom who slept with the principal to get him into a school. Which is pretty big. Would you do that? No, that's what I'm saying. I'm a horrible <laughs> parent because I will not sleep with the principal who's a girl. So that would be even weirder no, for me to do. I just, and besides, like, if you read the book, it'll make you hate him. It'll make well, I'm you not going to read it. the book. I like the movie. Well, I, like I read Tom the Hanks. book and I did it. Apollo then, 13. What about Apollo 13? I mean, he's fine, except he stole a line from, that another um, astronaut said so he could get the good line. Well, I'm pretty sure he didn't. I'm pretty sure that's by the way it was written. I'm pretty sure Tom Hanks did because Tom Hanks and Sleepless in Seattle got jealous that the child that was in it had better lines than he did and he had a fit throughout the entire film. He's not that great of a person. <laughs> he also, everybody talks about how he's like, oh, this romantic lead. You know, you think about the, the, the Meg Ryan trifecta, right? Joe versus the volcano, Sleepless in Seattle, and then You Got Mail. You Got he, Mail was with Tom Hanks. He's a dick in all of them. And Joe versus the volcano, he convinces her to jump into a volcano and kill herself. Why did they decide to do three rom-coms with the same exact people? I mean, they're fine pairings. Sleep in, in Seattle, I honestly haven't but seen in a long But seriously, why would you do three rom-coms with the exact same people? People like their chemistry. Do you know why I hate You Got Mail? Do you remember that movie? 
Yeah, because it was supposed to be like when originally it was a lit, written letters, and I thought well, yeah, that was yeah. like lost. Was, well, not only that, he puts her out of business. Oh, that's the one with the books, the bookstores. Yeah, he puts her out of business. He destroys her family legacy, the bookstore her mother builds and leaves to her when she dies. And his stupid bookstore comes in and ruins it. Well, I'm pretty sure if they made a sequel, his bookstore would have been ruined. Yeah, so it all now. comes down to, okay. <laughs> can I, we get a You Got Mail too? And then she can enact her revenge. And then they can have fallen on social media <laughs> instead. <laughs> it's awful. It's just awful. I don't, I don't think I have a, this visceral reaction to or this angry about anything like you do. Oh, I just yeah. Are there things, there's little things in life that you get so angry about. Yeah, they bug me. Like there's there, but I will say on the flip side, there are things that I passionately love, and I will love with as equal a passion. Like what? A comedy. I could talk comedy. Like things about that that I yeah, love. I sometimes feel like I probably don't love comedy as much as everyone else does. <laughs> There are movies. Uh, there is a movie called Better Off Dead, which is you you'll hate oh, it. Yeah, I don't think you'll like it much. I with John I've, Cusack. I think I've seen it. It's weird. It's a very weird film. It's the kids in my theater group in high school was were really about like all the Cusacks. Oh, gotcha. And I think I kind of followed along, so I'm pretty sure I saw it. Well, it's literally my favorite comedy film, and it's so weird and it's so bizarre, and I can quote it and I love it and I watch it every year. And I have the soundtrack to it. Bobby got a custom shirt made for me for it. <laughs> like, I love this movie. I think this movie is fantastic. And if you want to understand my sensibility of humor, that's the movie. I may have to do some research by watching this movie. I love it. You can come over and watch it. I have it on Blu-ray. I have it on DVD. I have it in every form that you can have it. I had it on VHS. I love this movie. Whenever the next thing comes out, when it's a little microchip or something, that's going to be digital. It's going to be streaming. I probably should probably just buy the digital version so I have a copy of it. So you can have it whenever you want to go to Vegas. Yes. It's great. I love it. I even showed it to the kids. They thought it was weird, but they got some of the jokes in it. But it's, it is. It's totally weird and bizarre, and I love this movie. Oh, well, I'm glad you love it. I don't think I'm – yeah. I'm, which is really weird because I'm an all-or-nothing kind of person. Mm-hmm. So you think I'd be all in nothing with these kind of things, but I don't think that there's I anything am. you're passionate about. That, that no, that. no. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too lazy. I think you're all or nothing in that. I like it. Period. <laughs> I don't like it. Period. I don't need to put any more thought or energy yeah. or emotion into it. it. It gets me into this weird in my head thing of like, am I not smart and have opinions? Like, because you get these really, and I'm like, I don't analyze oh. like you do. I think I like overanalyze. I don't think that what I'm doing is normal. But my brain can yeah. definitely spiral into like spidery webs of what could happen. Like yeah. there's there's days where I start crying and Chris is like, what happened? I'm like, I just thought about Jackson getting hit by a car. Da, 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 da. What would happen if we all died? And he's like, why? Like, why do you do this? I was like, I don't know. I put my, no, my toe. <laughs> and it goes off. So it's. But I don't think I ever have like one thing that I'm like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever. I think I say I do, but in mm-hmm. reality, I'm like, nah. <laughs> it was okay. It was all right. I guess I'm even more indifferent than I realized or something. I am very. I kind of sad and jealous though, because you have don't some be. really good like opinions about things. <laughs> I don't know. Really good is a very kind thing for you to say, Patty. I always say, oh, I always say nonchalantly right. like, oh, I like Tom Hanks. And you're like, Tom Hanks. Like, do you realize half of our banter that come across is by me saying a nonchalant thing of like, 
I hate celery. I think it's uh I'm just very opinionated. You are very opinionated. No, I'm I not. But I don't analyze like you do. I don't analyze all these things. I've I, always been analytical though. I mean, I didn't I wasn't a kid in school who ran away from having to do analysis essays. Like I thought it was a challenge. Like I'm going to take this puzzle and take it apart and show you all of this brilliance and whenever I could do a really good job of analyzing a book or a play or whatever. I felt it and I knew it and I, I couldn't wait to get my grade back because I knew it was going to be a big fat A on that paper. <laughs> and I was excited for it. So for me, being an analytical, I mean, my dad's this way. My dad and I would talk about movies and what we saw and why it was the way it was for hours. And then Bobby and I are this way. We loved, we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and probably spent double the time talking about it. I want to see that one. Yeah, I don't. Just make sure you're um, well-versed on the Manson murders before you go in. Oh, I'm not well-versed about any murders, really. Well, you sh I I've noticed that people who don't understand Charles Manson. I don't understand Charles Manson. What, I, wait, what is happened? he? Wait, hold on. Yeah, I'm going to get him really confused and I'm going to feel really stupid right now. He's not a music person. He's the one that like... Well, okay, so you're cult? thinking Marilyn Manson. Charles Manson did play music, which is how kind of this whole thing. That's if you understand the history of what's going on. It makes sense. He did play play music. Okay. Um, he couldn't really get a record deal. And so that's kind of how the whole thing started. So what's the murder? What, who did he kill? He murdered, uh, murdered Sharon Tate. Like that's the famous one. Who's Sharon Tate? She was an actress that was in she was Rosemary's Baby. Oh, my God. I can't write blanks. She was an up-and-coming actress. She was married to Roman Polanski, and she was eight months pregnant. And they brutally murdered her and three of her house guests. And they were celebrities, so it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, why nobody's safe? Yeah, I don't want to watch it anymore. The, I will say, if you know, without spoiling it, if you know what happens, it's a good ending. <laughs> because, you know, Quentin Tarantino's on this whole thing about changing history, like giving history what the, the reality is. Like there's, I think it's Django Unchained. But there, or is it hateful eight? But there's, there's like a line in there that seems to indicate like Abraham Lincoln doesn't get assassinated; he lives. And then in Inglorious Bastards, these are all movies that have been out for a while, so don't write and yell about me spoiling because if you haven't seen them yet, that's your. Problem, I haven't not seen mine. either one of them. So this is your problem. The only Quentin Tarantino movie I've seen is Pulp Fiction. Um, I love Tarantino. Oh, I saw one part of Kill Bill. Yeah, but apparently it's a two-parter. I don't yeah. know. PJ just informed <laughs> it me is. of this. It's two parts. And then um, in Inglorious Bastards, they kill Hitler before Hitler does most of Hitler's stuff. So he's he's big about rewriting history. That's the only Which thing I'll say cool. in this. It is. And it's a love letter to Hollywood. And for me... Yeah, I'm not going to watch it now. I thought it was something about totally something different. Uh, the murders are a very small part of it. I wouldn't worry about it. You know Tarantino's going to be bloody and gory. That's Tarantino. Like he's gonna Yeah, have I forgot that. about that too. So I don't think I want to watch it anymore. Thank you. Well, I will say the parts with Leonardo DiCaprio, this is his best film he's ever done. Really? I like he's, Leonardo DiCaprio. His acting in it is, if you want to see a guy, like I I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't have passionate feelings about Leonardo DiCaprio. Yet. But I will say, as a person who has no does not know him, has seen, I would say, 60 to 70% of his films, I am so proud of him for this role. Really? I saw a vulnerability. Do you think he'll be able to edge out tom hanks for the oscar <laughs> he better um i just saw a vulnerability in him that he i had never seen him do before like he's always been a good actor solid like going through it but he has a scene with a little like eight-year-old girl where he's so exceptionally vulnerable in it and believable 
and your heart breaks for him. It's I'm telling you, the film is like 90 percent about um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt's character. The Brad Pitt's in it. Yeah. He plays his stunt double. Oh, he plays this. Okay. Yeah. So the two. That's really interesting because I don't think they look alike. They don't. But they've got a really nice dynamic, which is interesting. So I would say the majority of the film is there. The murder, you should know a little bit about it before going into it. Do I need to do more research than what you already told me? I mean, I would, but I don't think you're going to. (laughs) I honestly don't think I'm going to go see it anymore. Well, I think it's a good film. I think you should. But I will say it's number five on my Tarantino list. I can only have two on the Tarantino list. Because you only saw two. You only saw two. Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction goes over. Well, you also have 1.5. You have a 1.5 list. Okay. I saw 1.5. I like Pulp Fiction. It's good. I, I thought the movie was good. It wasn't his best, but I thought it was a good, solid film. But, you know, i got to get all my movie stuff in. Burbank Comedy Festival is here. That's what's also kind of inspiring is that when I watch, I have things that I want to say now about Hollywood. Like, my dad was a writer. I grew up a little bit in the scene. So this film was fascinating to me and very familiar with a lot of the stuff going on. And a lot of the places in it. Chili John's in it. They do a little shot of Chili John's. You're like, oh, Chili John's. Aww. Look at that. <laughs> El Coyote. Oh, look at that. Franco Musso. You know, like all these little places that you know. And I think what I, it inspired me to want to write that sort of industry set. That makes sense. And I've already written, written a little bit about it. Yeah, you talk about your manager and stuff, but you have a lot more. I mean, yeah, I know a lot more about your feelings about Tom Hanks now than I ever cared <laughs> to know. What? What is your inspiration that you is it? It's still your set is basically it's the cultural mm-hmm. set is what I'm calling it. It's about being a whitish mom raising black kids, yeah, and more than just the hair. Um, it's just hard because it's like the real complaints are there, but the real complaints are so intense mm-hmm. that it's hard to be make it funny. It's hard to and it's not coming funny naturally as much. Gotcha. And when it does, it comes out as racist. <laughs> And then I'm not confident because I don't want people to think I'm racist because I'm not. So I'm not confident in it. So then it makes it even sound more racist. Yeah. Maybe it's the delivery. So it's just a little bit of, there. it is something yeah. about delivery. And then it's like you want to be, my kids being black isn't the victim. It's no. me being the victim of being white. Yeah. You know? But then it comes across as like I'm not confident in being their parents, which isn't the case either. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's a lot of dynamics. And I want to do it because it's authentic. Mm-hmm. And it's something that it's real and raw because i want to do it well I'll see if i can but work just, with it tonight and hear it yeah i mean i've had renee work on like and that's what's so weird is that every other time i do it it goes well mm-hmm. but the other time it bombs and when it bombs it bombs yeah because people are scared to laugh at me have you ever thought about dropping in a it's okay to laugh about this guys i do i have a whole tagline as i mentioned my friend christy mm-hmm. being my black miyagi who teaches yeah. me everything about being black and so, and it's fairly new in my, like, up in the beginning part of mm-hmm. my set. And so I may not say like, guys, my friend Christy said that you're allowed to laugh. You know, <laughs> like it's okay. It's not racist. She didn't say they were funny. So maybe that's why you're not <laughs> laughing, but it's okay to laugh. Because it really comes down to is that no one wants to be racist by laughing at something about black people. So yeah. then they don't laugh. Unless they it's don't being want told to. by a black person. Right. But yeah. I do have the credibility to say these things because I'm not, because I am raising black kids. Yeah. So it's like I have the credibility, but at the same time, like it doesn't land with white people or any people that aren't black, I should yeah. say. 
So then it's just hard sometimes because there's not enough black people in the audience. And then it's at Burbank Comedy Festival. Like, who yeah. knows if there going to be black people in the audience, you yeah. know? So it's just, it's really, like, I feel like if I had said this to an all-black crowd, which I'm going to try to find. Like, I, I've been told a couple, like, comedy stores are, that are like that. Impresario. Impresario is an all-black crowd for, if you want to get on one of their shows. I may. Because yeah. I can do all this stuff and it would land. Like, whenever I do any of my black hair stuff or black mm-hmm. white mama stuff, like... The black people come up to me and going, oh, my God, that's hysterical. Yeah. And you need to talk about this. And you need to talk about that. Like, they, they just yeah. love it. But it's like you have to have that first black person laugh, and then everything comes together. Yeah. And I don't always have that. And so then it, I get in my head, and then it's just – it's a hard set. And it's a fine line of people thinking I'm racist yeah. or not, <laughs> and I don't want to be racist. And then I get in my head. So it's like it's it's I a gotcha. hard set. Yeah. It's a, but I want to do it. Like, I really – it's causing me to grow a lot more, yeah. but it's also causing me to, like – doubt all of this as well and right now with the summer it's like it's just harder to do anything yeah because the kids are there and you're like why can't they go back to babysitting i mean school well, why can't they- exactly exactly <laughs> like why can't night. you babysit my kids and teach them stuff yeah. um once i get back to school i mean i used to write twice a week and then do two mics a week and now yeah. i'm down to writing before the mic <laughs> like that's what i'm coming yeah. down to so i don't practice i don't do anything it's tough so. it's tough i mean i need to get more practice in I've been getting a lot of shows, which is nice, but I feel like when I do a show, I have to give that show my best stuff. Yeah. This is not a time for me to work on stuff. So I might throw a couple new things in there, like, oh, let's see how this plays, but 90, 75% to 90% of that set is going to be all stuff I know is going to land. So I need to do more open mics so I can work on old stuff, like new stuff, not old stuff. Yeah. I need to do one that's not flappers. I love flappers mic, the one that I host. Mm-hmm. But the same token, it's well, come do my open mic. <laughs> I'm gonna try. We just have belt testing today, so I don't know if I'm gonna get there. And ugh, oh, gotcha. having one car sucks. Yeah, I don't know how you're doing it. We're not. Well, Bobby works at home, so that's making it easy. We do have to rent a car. I think during Burbank Comedy Festival for some of the days, we may just rent it for the whole time because he's got to go to San Diego one day. And it's a little crazy and chaotic. I mean, the benefit that I have that you don't is my kids are a little bit older. So there is a level of being able to take care of themselves at home. There is no level of that, nor am I seeing that level come anytime soon. There's there's a break that happens. There really is something that happens when kids hit double digits. Oh, no, we leave the girls. Yeah. Like So in the morning, we only have one car now. And I've yeah. been working at 7 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning. And so Chris, we wake Jackson up, put him in the car. Luckily mm-hmm. he falls asleep again because he's so damn tired. <laughs> and Chris drags me to work because we can't leave Jackson. Yeah. The girls are still sleeping. They wake up and they actually love it. They're like, mom, when are you going to work again so we can wake up and be by ourselves? <laughs> like they're, they know yeah. that they have to pick up the living room and then they have to eat before mom, dad gets back. Yeah. And they're allowed to watch a show. So they're like stoked about yeah. being by themselves. And they know how to use Alexa to call me oh, or call Chris. Yeah. So they call us when something like once called and it was like we heard so we heard lobo barking but we don't know who it is and we don't want to open the door and we're like well don't just fine mm-hmm. and it ended up being like an amazon package and they gotcha. just got a little scared so they called us yeah but it was cool they knew exactly what to do oh god my kids now open the door for packages and like let me sign for it i'm like dude you're 12 you need to settle down <laughs> yeah no and then they don't want to go to jackson's therapy all the time so mm. then they stay back for that because i'm at work and yeah so chris will take Jackson to therapy and they'll stay mm-hmm. behind. So there's I mean, never more than like an hour, an hour and a half. So it's, but a, it's, it's such a relief but when you can do it. And I, but Jackson, I mean, 
Yeah. I can't even leave Jackson downstairs with the kids anymore because he's so strong. Yeah. Like he can overpower them now. Yeesh. And so it's like I we can't we can't do it. So No, I got you. And it's not gonna get better until it's gonna get worse before it gets better, I should say. It is gonna get better eventually. It's totally gonna get better. But and then your comedy will just take off. Hopefully. Who knows what I'll be doing by then. It's so morphed. It's so more it's morphed into so many things. Like it's kind of like doing the podcast yeah. and then improv stuff happening, which mm-hmm. I'm really excited about. Yeah. And then, I mean, hopefully we get done. a write again. I really want to write again. We'll see so what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's a lot. But you just, you're on the go all the time. I feel like you've doubled or tripled what you're doing for comedy and I've like cut all mine in half. I don't know. Uh, it's not exactly what I wanted. I should not, I'm very grateful for what I have, but the goal was to hit like, six shows a month or something like I wanted to be in six so last month I think I had 11 this month I have I think 11 again and that's not a lot when you think about in terms of working comedians but it's hard it's hard there's a reason why a lot of these comedians aren't married yeah because it's like you're away all the time yeah weird hours yeah and I mean I know it's all local shows which is nice but it's hard and there is a mindset that's going to have to shift in mind if I'm going to make this successful at all. Like there's there's an attitude change I have to have where I'm going to have to figure out, I'm going to have to have a more regimented day if I'm going to do this because things are falling apart. You know, I'm oversleeping. <laughs> there are things that are happening and my health I have to be focused on. So I have to get a lot more regimented. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Use that project management skills that yeah. you have and make it work. I'm just finding a balance of all three, like the house, the kids, the husband, and comedy, and now work. That's yeah. not three, that's five. Yeah. <laughs> well, we never said your counting skills were great. The Mother Effin Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com.